Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study in 2 Timothy. And of course that means we're coming to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 2 and 3 today. And we really get to start to see the relationship that the Apostle Paul had with Timothy and how close they were. And you can see where where, where this really does uh, show and, and relate into a discipleship type mentality. Uh, but before we get into verses 2 and 3, let's just go ahead and read the whole chapter of 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, their fa- God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I might be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded as in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift which God has given you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that I that he is able to keep that which I have committed until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me, in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he has often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But When he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he might find mercy from the day uh, in the Lord. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. We come to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 today. And it says this, To Timothy, a beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I served with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember in my prayers night and day. We see here he continues the the Apostle Paul continues the introduction to Timothy, his son. Now, of course, this isn't a physical son. This is a a spiritual son. And we're going to find out a little bit more here in the coming days, you know, about his faith. Uh, and of course, his his family's faith and his mother and his grandmother, and, and that's going to be really important to go and to look at. But we do start to see really this close relationship that the apostle Paul had with Timothy, and we see how this really does play into 
discipleship, really plays into discipleship. But we see, first of all, he calls him a beloved son, a beloved son. Now, this is important to understand because it's indicating something here when he's going and saying to Timothy, a beloved son. He's indicating here a spiritual relationship, that of a father and a son. There is a, a, a hierarchy that is here, and there is something that the Apostle Paul is going and saying about Timothy. And though he's saying this in, a, in very much a, an endearing and a positive way, he's a beloved son, but it does imply that the Apostle Paul has authority over Timothy, that he does have authority, he does have a higher rank over Timothy, and this is important to go and to understand that there are people who God places in your life who have this higher rank, who have authority over you, and you're to go and to look up to them. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect, it doesn't mean that, uh, that they're always going to be right or anything like that, but it does mean that there is a, a, a hierarchy of relationship here. And, and the Apostle Paul is uh, stating that and making that clear uh, to Timothy, although he's saying this in very much a, a positive way when he's going and saying uh, to Timothy, a beloved son. And then he goes and he gives him a blessing, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord uh, and Jesus Christ our Lord. And this is important to go and to understand and to realize, especially if you are the one who is discipling someone else, is that when you are discipling someone else, and of course, if they're they're following after the pattern of life and actually being discipled, we'll see a lot more of that in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But but if they're actually doing that, you should go and you should you should bless them. You should go and you should bless them. You know, God honors the blessings that we give when these blessings are given righteously and when these blessings are given in faith and when these blessings are given rightly. We can go and see this all throughout Scripture where God's men, especially the, the patriarchs there, go and they bless their sons. Uh, you know, whether that's Abraham blessing Isaac, whether that's Isaac blessing Jacob, uh, whatever it might be, whether it's Joseph blessing uh, his two sons, we, we go and we see this. There is a, a special blessing that comes uh, with that, and, uh, and God ends up honoring this. And so we, we should stop and remember and think to actually bless those whom we're discipling. And this is important to point out because many times, like I mentioned yesterday, I think we read over verses like this, you know, uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to, you know, to Timothy, da, 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 a beloved son, by grace, mercy, peace, you know, you know, we kind of read it like that. And we just kind of read over it and go, okay, let's get into the meat. Well, there's meat that's right here. There's something that God is communicating to you. There's a pattern that he is showing you that you are to go into pattern your life after. And so we go and we see this. We are to go and bless those whom we're discipling, actually put a blessing upon them, and God will honor that blessing, of course, if they're being good disciples, like Timothy was being a good disciple. And we can go and we can see this right away because um, in the next verse, the Apostle Paul thanks God for Timothy. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. He's saying, look, Timothy, I I'm thanking God for you. So I'm blessing you and I'm thanking God for you. And this brings us up to the next thing. 
when you're discipling someone in your life, you need to go into thank God for that person. Now, take it from somebody who has discipled a lot of different people in life and in a lot of different ways. You know, discipling people can be extremely frustrating. It can be extremely frustrating because people don't always listen. Sometimes people do the exact opposite of what you told them to do. Sometimes uh, they just have a thick skull, it seems like, and they just don't get it. And and sometimes they just do dumb things. It's not always easy to disciple people, but when you are discipling someone, you need to thank God for that person. Because ultimately, when you're discipling someone, let me just tell you a little secret, it's also God growing you. The, the times that I have grown the most are the times, spiritually, are the times when I have been discipling most intensely. That is when I have grown the most spiritually, is when I am discipling most intensely. So if you want to grow spiritually and you want to you feel stuck, well, go and ask yourself, are you discipling anyone? Are you discipling anyone? And then when you do disciple someone, not, don't just bless them, but actually thank God for them. But then the Apostle Paul tells us something interesting. He says, I serve with uh, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Now, now this is a pure inner being, an inner being where he's going and saying, look, I've, I, I don't have sin here. Now, he's not saying that he doesn't sin, but, but he's going in and saying that he's taking care of that sin. He's, he's getting rid of that sin. He's not letting sin go and and rule over him, and that's how he should serve God. That's how he does serve God. And once again, that is a a picture for us. How many people do we know uh, that serve God? May, may, hopefully, you're not one of these people uh, who serve God, but they don't serve God with a pure conscience. They have a, a rotten, corrupt inner being, and eventually, that fruit shows as they as they fall, or uh, or it really manifests itself in a in a terrible, terrible way. Um, I remember watching a man one time who was at a church work day of all places, and as he's at a church work day. He's there, supposed to be serving God. He's supposed to be a servant of God. He, he's he's got all these things, you know, going on. All these little accolades that he'd go and say, and and you know, he's going out and and serving the Lord, uh, but he wasn't serving God from a a pure conscience. And uh, there was something that happened. It was something really dumb. It was that the uh, that we didn't have the right parts for a sink or something like that. And um, and he uh, he told somebody to go into you know. To get the, the to take the parts back because they gave us the wrong parts and to take them back and to to get new ones. But instead of just telling the person the situation, he just starts screaming at the person, just screaming at them and yelling at them to go and to do this. And this is just a little old man who uh, who was getting screamed and yelled at. And of course, this little old man had done nothing wrong. It had nothing to do with him. Um. But this person, this other person was just taking it out on him. Well, why was he doing that? Well, he was serving God, quote unquote, but it wasn't from a pure conscience. You know, your your inner being is just as important, if not more important, than actually outwardly what you do. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do stuff for God. You should absolutely do stuff for God. But if you don't have the right heart, it, it's it's not the way that you ought to serve. And the Apostle Paul goes and says, as my forefathers did. As my forefathers did. 
You see, the Apostle Paul is going and looking back and claiming the heritage of those who came before him in faith and served God. And we need to go and to claim those the, that heritage, the people who have discipled you, the people who have impacted you in your life, who served the Lord with a pure conscience, those uh, throughout history— um, who ha- have gone and served the Lord, you know, uh, whether that's, you know, D.L. Moody or, or uh, whether it's uh, Charles Finney or George Mueller or, or men like that. When you go and you, you look at those things, you ought to have people in your life that you have studied and, and you've seen who have made an impact on your life. Now, obviously, I haven't actually seen George Mueller, Charles Finney, or, uh, or D.L. Moody, but these are types of men, uh, A.W. Tozer, Leonard Ravenhill, these are types of men who have made an impact, Oswald Chambers, on my life, and I've studied their lives, and I've taken some of their their teachings and, and their style of life and different things like that and tried to apply it to my life. And there are people who have gone before me who have discipled me, whether it's uh, Fred McDougal, who always uh, comes to my mind as somebody who has discipled me and, and took me aside and really invested in me. And I give you name after name after name of people who have done that. And I look to those people and I go, look, they served God with a pure conscience. And so I want to pattern my life after them. See, the Apostle Paul isn't going and just saying, look, I'm discipling you. He's going and indicating, I have been discipled too, Timothy. It's not just that I'm over you and have this this rank and 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 whatnot that's over you. It's that I submitted myself to people. I'm being I've been discipled, and that's important to go and to tell the person that you're discipling. Uh, I'm serving God. I'm doing what's right as the people did before me. Then he gives us some insight into his prayer life. He says. As without ceasing, I remember you, Timothy, of course, who we're talking about in my prayers night and day. What the Apostle Paul isn't going and saying is that I, I just spend all day praying for you, Timothy. That's not what he's saying. He's going and saying is that every time that he prays, he makes sure to, to pray for Timothy. He makes an intentional effort to pray for Timothy, whether he's praying in day, whether he's praying at night, his prayers, he's going and saying, oh yes, I'm, I'm remembering Timothy. When you're discipling someone, it's not just investing God's Word in them, although that is important. We're going to see that. There's also needs to be an intentional commitment to pray for that person, to thank God for that person, to bless that person, and to give them the right example. All of these things are so important when it comes to to discipleship, that you're applying them to your life and that you're actually doing these things. And today, as we're running out of time, I just want to challenge you to remember this and to ask you in your discipleship life, who you are discipling, are you discipling anybody, but the people that you are discipling, do you employ these things? Do you bless those people? Do you Thank God for those people. Do you give them a, the right example, both of, of how to serve God, but then also how to be discipled? Tell them, look, I've been discipled. I have an example of discipleship in my life that you should follow. And do you pray for those people? Do you pray for those people who God has put in your life to disciple? You need to. You need to do that. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember, Joshua 1.8.9 is we depart. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us, waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising, then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now, has already begun. Know that God's up to something. A miracle's coming. Rejoice. Like-